welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Welcome back to the Redefined Sisters podcast. To begin, we have a fun question for you ladies. Jordan, when do you start decorating your home for Christmas? I typically start decorating after Thanksgiving. That's when we've always like brought out our tree and started really getting into decorating and have the kids help us. But right now I actually told my husband to start putting the lights up on the house because it's not freezing and we don't have really bad weather yet. I'm like, you know what? Let's just get it done and over with. You have plenty of time to do it. Then you're not in a rush. And he actually bought some um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation inflatables for the yard because that's our favorite Christmas movie. (laughs) But I enjoy looking around the dollar spot at Target and whenever there's clearance stuff for some fun ideas. And I love home goods and they're really stocked right now on Christmas items. And I actually just bought a few new little cute metal trees for our entertainment center and for our dining table the other day. That sounds fun. It sounds like you're getting started. We definitely are. It This year, I was kind of just like, you know what? It's been a long year. Just go ahead and put the lights up on the house. And he, I've never seen the man move so fast to go into the garage to get Christmas lights down. <laughs> Probably because it's not freezing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, if there's not snow on the ground, we're not getting bad weather, you might as well do it now. (laughs) Well, I have already started bringing out some decor so we can slowly decorate our house. So right now it's a blend of both fall and Christmas decorations. And my son and I actually love hitting up the seasonal clearance at Target for new goodies. We got several items last week and bonus because it's budget friendly. Well, ladies, I hope you're getting excited for Christmas like we are. It's one of my favorite times of the year, which is why I start a little early. And my husband even said that we can decorate sooner this year um, because normally we wait till after Thanksgiving. But he's like, let's just keep it up longer. We both love this time of year. So that's what we're doing. So now jumping back to fall. So we're still in fall, but we are continuing to read the Bible together. We have a monthly reading calendar that helps you follow along with us in live studies to dig deeper in our Facebook discipleship community. We hope you'll head over there. And yes, we will even cover those difficult chapters and passages. So join us for a beautiful conversation over Judges 18. Pour a cup of coffee or tea, grab your journal, and join us as we continue this series. This will be perfect for any woman. Listen along anytime, anywhere. I, Emily, will be your host, joined by my dear friend, Jordan. Hi, ladies. She is also the co-founder of Redefined Sisters. We are thankful for you and your gracious support of this ministry and podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We have a special gift for you during the month of November. Use code SOLEYE on our newly released crew neck sweatshirt just in time for cooler temps. Thank you for the gracious support. And I actually just placed my order for the maroon color. 
it's pretty because it's still fall, but it's great for Christmas time. So I'm super excited to receive that. I just got an email from them that it would ship soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Our hope and prayer through this series is that you will see and behold the beauty of reading through scripture with us, but also be able to identify key themes seen throughout the Bible. Creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, as they will be brought into focus for you in both the Old and New Testaments. We are reading from the CSB, the NASB, and my study Bible, the ESV. Before we dive into this episode, we want to hear from you ladies on tips you have learned along the way in your study of God's word, because we are in this journey together as we grow and learn. So what you can do is email our team, hello at redefinesisters.com. That's hello at redefinesisters.com. And share with us, we would love to hear from you. This will give you a chance to enter our special giveaway, a free admission ticket to our upcoming women's conference in the spring of 2024. Lastly, a couple of great resources from our last few episodes to familiarize yourself with is netbible.org and blueletterbible.org, Jordan's personal favorite. My personal favorite is bibleref.com. We will link these in the description box for you ladies. If you go back to our last episode, I kind of explained that, say you want to look up a particular book of the Bible, you can go into each verse and it'll give you kind of the context and the summary for that. And it'll help you think through um, what the author is communicating. So as we jump into Judges 18, let's gain a deeper understanding of the context. As you remember from our previous episode, some of the events in this book happened in the book of Ruth as well. It's the same period, but they were likely written down later probably written between 1040 to 1020 BC. No author is named, but according to Jewish tradition, Samuel is the author. We don't know for sure, but it's kind of fun to speculate sometimes. The book of Judges gives readers a historical account, not in its entirety or chronological order, but it helps readers see the theological theme informed as it describes the failure of God's people to live faithfully before him and to possess the promised land. And what you will see in the book of Judges is when they call out to the Lord, he answers them, he delivers them, he raises up a judge, and this judge acts for the people, the people of Israel, as their ruler, their deliverer, or their savior. If you remember in the book of Ruth, this theme of redemption, this kind of same idea for what a judge would be and how they acted for the people. So the Hebrew for that is shafetim, which means judges, rulers, deliverers, or saviors. They served as primarily military leaders appointed by God to deliver his people from their enemies. And you can look at uh, chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. So we are going to, we're actually in Judges 18, but we're going to jump back to Judges 17 because I am a context girl and I love it. And so let's jump back to Judges chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Now there was a man of the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah. 
he said to his mother, the 1100 pieces of silver, which were taken from you about which you uttered a curse in my hearing, behold, the silver is with me, I took it. He then returned the 1100 pieces of silver to his mother and his mother said, I wholly dedicate the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will return them to you. As I read this, I was thinking like, what? He stole this from you. And now you're dedicating this silver to him to make a graven image. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But I read this and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I'm going to jump down to verses 7 and then 10 and 13. Now there was a young man from Bethlehem and Judah of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he was staying there. Micah then said to him, dwell with me and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you 10 pieces of silver a year, a suit of clothes and your maintenance. So the Levite went in. Verse 13, then Micah said, now I know that the Lord will prosper me, seeing I have a Levite as a priest. So before we jump into chapter 18, let's talk about this word study that we're going to focus on, and that is this word carved image. So in Hebrew, the word means pesel. So in my study Bible, I thought it was interesting. It talks about man-made idols, which were forbidden by Yahweh. And so the commentator notes that Micah's mother, it kind of seems ironic because before entering Canaan, Israel was told the person who makes a carved idol or cast image is cursed. And Micah actually stole this money from his mom, but she kind of spoke a blessing over him. But in reality, that wasn't really a blessing because he was going against the command of the Lord. So let's go to chapter 18. In verses 1 through 2, I'll start there. In those days, there was no king of Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites were seeking an inheritance for themselves to live in. For until that day, an inheritance had not been allotted to them as a possession among the tribes of Israel. So the sons of Dan sent from their family five men out of their whole number, valiant men from Zorah and Ashtail, to spy out the land and to search it. And they came to them, go search the land. And they came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. Now we're going to go to verses 3 through 7. When they were near the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young man, the Levite, and they turned aside there and said to him, who brought you here? He said to them, thus, and so has Micah done to me, and he has hired me, and I have become his priest. They said to him, inquire of God, please, that we may know whether our way on which we are going will be prosperous. The priest said to them, go in peace, your way in which you are going has the Lord's approval. And the five men departed and came to Laish and saw the people who were in it living in security, quiet and secure. 
after the manner of the Sidonians, for there was no ruler humiliating them for anything in the land. Verse 8. When they came back to their brothers at Zorah and Ashtael, their brothers said to them, What do you report? They said, Arise and let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you sit still? Do not delay to go to enter to possess the land. When you enter, you will come to a secure people with a spacious land, for God has given it into your hand, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. So we are in verse 11 now. Then the family of the Danites from Zorah and Ashtael, 600 men armed with weapons of war set out. They went up and camped at Kiriath Jerem in Judah. Therefore, they called that place Manahadan. Behold, it is west of Kiriath Jerem. They passed from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. So now we are in verse 14. Then the five men who went to spy out the land of Laish said to their kinsmen, Do you not know that there are in these houses an ephod and household idols and a graven image and a molten image? Now, therefore, consider what you should do. So if we go back up to where we talked about in this episode what a carved image means. So it's the Hebrew Pesel. And I linked an article for you. It's actually from the blueletterbible.org, the Hebrew spelling and kind of what it means. So it talks about graven image, carved image, idol. So you can kind of see that there if you pull up this link. And I want to quickly talk about what an ephod is. So it's a vestment worn by the Hebrew priest, the Jewish high priest, maybe referenced as well. So let's go to, this is a lot, ladies. This is what happens when you read through the Bible. There's just a lot to take in. And so let me go to verse 15 now. And they turned aside and came to the house of the young man, the Levite to the house of Micah and asked him of his welfare. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war who were of the sons of Dan stood by the entrance of the gate. Now the five men who went to spout the land went up and entered there and took the graven image and the ephod and household idols and the molten image while the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the graven image, the ephod and household idols, and the molten image. The priest said to him, what are you doing? Verse 19, they said to him, be silent, put your hand over your mouth and come with us and be to us a father and a priest. Is it better for you to be a priest to the house of one man or to be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? The priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod and household items and the graven image and went among the people. So I'm going to jump down to verse 22 and 23. When they had gone some distance from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house assembled and overtook the sons of Dan. They cried to the sons of Dan, who turned around and said to Micah, What is the matter with you? What you have assembled together? I'm going to read verse 24, and then I'll go to verse 26. He said, you have taken away my gods, which I made in the priests, and have gone away. And what do I have besides? So how can you say to me, what is the matter with you? Verse 26, so the sons of Dan went on their way, 
When Micah saw they were too strong for him, he turned back and went to his house. I'm going to go to verse 28 through 31, and then I'll kind of break it apart um, in context for you. And there was no one to deliver them because it was far from Sidon, and they had no dealings with anyone. And it was in the valley, which is near Beth Rehob, and they rebuilt the city and lived in it. They called the name of the city Dan, and after the name of Dan, their father who was born in Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. Verse 30, the sons of Dan set up for themselves the graven image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and he and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's graven image, which he had made all the time that the house of God was at Shiloh. So I hope when you read this, you're thinking, but, because that's what you should be thinking. <laughs> So let's kind of talk more about the context. So I'm going to break it up. We'll start in verses 22 through 26. This is how the commentator broke it up. And I thought it was helpful. Verses 22 through 26. Micah, who stole from his own mother, became the victim of theft. Okay, so when the idol was stolen, he was bereft of a false security. So Micah's anguish reveals that whatever his original intent to worship he was attached to the physical image instead of Yahweh. So he was worshiping an idol instead of the invisible Lord God of Israel. This was an important lesson that Israel would finally have to learn through exile from the land where God removed them from the land of Canaan. Let's look at verses 27 through 31. So when I talked about Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, this should ring a bell. So verse 30, the sons of Dan set up for themselves the graven image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's graven image, which he had made all the time that the house of God was at Shiloh. So as you read this, if you're thinking, what? You should be thinking, what? Because this is crazy, okay? At the end of chapter 18, you have this name, Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, which was the grandson of Moses, the one whom God gave the law, was guilty of setting up a sinner for idol worship. Y'all, this is huge. This is not good, <laughs> And God has been so gracious. You see this throughout the entire Bible, but through the book of Judges, he raises up judges to deliver his people um, and he gives them victory with these foreign tribes. But then you have this where they fall into sin, like we are guilty of ourselves. So let's go ahead and talk more specifically about the context. So I'm going to break it down um, verses 22 through 26 and then 27 through 31. These are notes from my ESV commentator. Micah, who stole from his own mother, became the victim of theft. When he stole um, from his mother, he was bereft of a false security. Micah's English reveals that whatever his original intent to worship Yahweh, he was attached to um, these physical images where he set up these idols. So he was not actually worshiping God, he was worshiping a false idol. And then in 27 through 31, 
when we read this, Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, this is the grandson of the one whom God gave the law. So Moses was really faithful to the Lord when God called him to lead a rebellious people. Um, you know, Moses had some concerns and questions, but ultimately he followed through and he obeyed the Lord and was a very prominent leader. And so what we need to realize is faith is not necessarily passed from generation to generation. We really have to cultivate that into the next generation. We really have to teach the next generation about the Lord because they will not know unless we teach them. So that was a lot. And I want to read our redefined definition because I'm sure after I've read all this, you're like, wait, what is going on here? This is a lot. And it is, you may have to take some time and dig back into it yourself. So blessing is the abundant life offered to us in Christ, enriched by God the Father and sustained through the power of the Spirit. The abundance offered to us is the eternal life, a loving relationship that has saved and redeemed our broken lives. Our response is living in right fellowship with God through a lifestyle of faith and obedience. So I want to, I just read that, but then something popped into my head as it usually does. I was actually reading in Judges earlier this morning, and this is about Samson. So he judged Israel for 20 years, but I want to go back to, it was chapter 15. Samson had a weakness, and we see this in his relationship with Delilah in chapter 16, right? Um, she kind of kept pressing him until he finally revealed where his strength lied, and he was a Nazarite. So essentially, if he shaved his head, then the power would leave him, the, the presence of the Lord. That's chapter 16, which what we talked about will lead into chapter 17. But um, I want to jump back to 15 now that I kind of explained that. But in verse 14 of chapter 15, the spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily so that the ropes that were on his arms were as flax that is burned with fire and his bonds dropped from his hands. I think this is a good reminder that without the presence of God, without his power in working through us, we don't have the strength on our own. And this is Samson's case. Like he did not have the strength to um, do all these things without the Lord's presence. And um, verse 18 we see that Samson was reliant on the Lord. Like he had to call out to the Lord. And when we call out to the Lord, we see this theme in the book of Judges. When they called out to the Lord, the Lord responded. And Samson became very thirsty in verse 18. And he called to the Lord and God split the hollow place and the water came out. Um, and so the encouragement here is that when we call out to the Lord, we ask him to help us. He does, and he will help us, and he is willing. But without his power and strength in our lives, we are honestly utterly helpless. And so we are dependent on him. We need him. And that kind of leads us into how can we live in right relationship with God this week? That can be difficult to do, but... Um, you know, what are some things in your life that maybe the Lord is asking you to remove so you can live in right relationship with him this upcoming week? And now, since I've talked so much, 
Jordan is going to talk more about some passages in the New Testament on sin. It's not a popular topic, but it's something we all deal with and wrestle with, and we will until the Lord returns. Yes, you are right. This is one topic that is extremely important to cover. And I have a couple different passages that I'm going to read. So we are going to start in Romans with chapter six, and we are going to read verses 12 through 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires and do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. Next, we are going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Next, we are going to turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And if you remember in our Fruit of the Spirit series, we read this chapter a lot. So hopefully you also memorized it a little bit. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. And we are going to read verses 19 through 21 as well. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Next, we're going to turn to James chapter 1 verses 13 through 15. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. And lastly, we are going to turn to 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 9. For everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins, and there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who commits sin is the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning the son of god was revealed for this purpose to destroy the devil's works everyone who has been born of god does not sin because his seed remains in him he is not able to sin because he has been born of god this is how god's children and the devil's children became obvious whoever does not do what is right is not of god especially the one who does not love his brother or sister and I actually read through verse 10 on that one also. But those are some fantastic passages. Pray over them and try to really dive deep into understanding 
sin because that'll just help us grow more than anything. And Emily, did we have one more application point? Yes, we actually have a couple. The first one is, what sin or idolatry is the Lord asking you to relinquish this week? Number two, how can we encourage the next generation to walk in faithfulness before the Lord? And I think um, just one thing that came to my mind, it may not be everyone's struggle, but we live in the day and age where um, we are bombarded by technology, right? We have our iPhones in our pockets. We have access to social media and it can really take away from the time that we do have to spend with the Lord to grow and take away from the time we have with our kids. So I just think we need to be mindful, whatever it is, it may not be social media for you, maybe a job, or it could be a list of things, um, you know, I don't know, but the Lord knows. And so I would just encourage you to spend some time in prayer and just confess the areas where you need growth and healing. And the Lord is absolutely ready to receive you with open arms for you to find um, healing and just the realization that he is with you and loves you no matter what. So thanks for joining us. So we hope you will delight in God's word with us this fall as we read through scripture together. A new episode will be released bi-weekly for you ladies. Enjoy a wonderful and warm November in the Lord. Bye. And bye, ladies. For listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com/groups/redefined sisters. We cannot wait to connect with you.